This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Hey, 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 business storytellers. How's everyone doing? Today, we want to talk about active listening. We all want to talk. We all want to share our message, but sometimes we do have to listen to people internally and externally. But before we get there, I do want to remind you that today's show is back on Amazon and everything you see around me uh, in my studio here, you can order in the uh, carousel below. Also, I'm always sitting here with my LaCroix. I don't know. Somebody might say that's my German heritage. Um, and every product you see on the side there, you can literally just scan it and you can buy it. It takes you right on over to Amazon um, to check it out. So the art of listening, active listening, not just listening. Heather R. Younger, that's her latest book. She returns to the show. She was on the show previously. Um, and this is one of the books I listed as one of the, the best books to read when it comes to becoming a leader. But let's find out why do we have to actively listen? Why don't we just get to talk? And what the heck does that even mean anyways? I'm sure people have their own um, definitions. So let's get her back on the show here. Good to see you, Heather. Hello. Good to see you too, Christoph. Really glad to have you back on the show. I mean, I know last time you were on here, we did talk about active listening a little bit. It wasn't like the entire show, but it was part of your previous book. But tell us, why did we need an entire new book on the art of active listening? Well, I think it's kind of for what you just described before. Uh, we we really do want to listen to respond. We really just want to hear someone to respond versus really listening. And so uh, after doing this work in the first customer experience space, employee experience space, working with leaders, working with employees, reading thousands of employee survey comments and just interacting with so many people in the workplace, I started, it started to boil down to that organizations did not know how to listen. People inside of them did not know how to listen well. And because if, if they did, they would bypass many of the conflicts. They would increase much of the relationships that they're looking to get to and any other outcomes they want. So I just said, hey, someone's got to do it. I'm in the best position to do it. So let's go with it. Someone has to do it. So why not do it? I mean, that's the kind of attitude I like. Um, but why are people struggling with active listening and what does that mean? And I'm just thinking a little bit out loud here, right? I mean, certainly sometimes I am in listening mode, right? I'm interviewing you and yes, I'll share my own opinions and yes, I'll share whatever, you know, whatever I have to say, but I'm mostly listening. I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to get your perspective. And then sometimes let's say I'm presenting a new strategy. I'm not really in a listening mode, right? I'm in a presentation mode. Like this is what I'm doing. This is how we're doing it. And I can see some leaders do that, right? They're like, they just got back from their retreat in Aspen or wherever. And now they're like, let's go. We're not here to listen. <laughs> we're here to present. So is that a problem or how, you know, how do we, why do, why do companies not do it? And when should they do it? Well, I mean, we should always be doing it. Um, and it's, it's, it's companies, but just remember that like companies are legal structures. And it's, it's, it's organizations and companies inside of them are the people that make up the company. You know, they produce the products and services. They, they serve the clients. They serve each other. Uh, and so it's, it's that need to, 
to be really leaning in to understand different people's perspectives at work so that we can get to what we need to get to in the end. So if that is better relationships, it is that, if that is increased sales. I always say, um, so my active, I have a, a five parts uh, framework for active listening. And so it puts, it puts the old framework on its head to think that listening is just the one sided way of doing things, or even the back and forth leaning in uh, process. It also includes some reflection time. It, it includes a lot more communication and follow-up. Um, so listening is a much more holistic view now, in my view, in, in, in this uh, new book, The Art of Active Listening. And you just kind of have to get into the habit of doing it. But So kind of walk me through the framework that you, you hinted at a little bit here is how do I actually do it, right? So for example, when you're just talking, I'm taking notes. Um, sometimes, Quite honestly, you, you might say something really insightful. And I know everything you said has been insightful, but you say like one thing and I'm thinking about that. And then the next four things, I'm not really I'm, I'm I hear them, but I'm not thinking about them because I'm still thinking about that one thing. Right. So is that just um, one thing at a time or, or how do I how does that work? That's actually not a bad thing, Christoph. I think that if something that someone said is really striking something with you, it's OK to say, oh, my gosh, Ashley, that. Was it, that concept is amazing. Pause, pause just one moment because I have to just, I just want to make sure I get clarification on exactly what you mean there. Okay, now can you continue? Because it's like when you do that, they know you're like fully tied in. It's like you're like waiting with bated breath for every word that they have to say. Like you're giving validation and value to their voices in ways that they hadn't had before. So it's okay if you do that. If it's like, oh, that one thing, like, oh, it was so good. And if I don't like, I need to let, let, let me just get to that. Now let's keep going. So now I understand I'm even more clear on where you're going with it. Sometimes you, you take so long to get to that point. Yeah, so you just kind of have to think about that. But I, so what do you do though? I mean, is active listening, when I just listen to you th there, I mean, sometimes I've been in meetings with even just one other person and you're just kind of sitting there and, okay, there's the presentation, whatever, you know, and you're trying to listen. Uh, and then sometimes I've been in, in meetings where you, it's more of a conversation, right? They say something, you're like, oh, okay, okay, yep, blah, 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 whatever, and you ask a quick question. So is that all part of active listening? And where does it become a line of just being annoying? I mean, I've come, I've been in, in meetings before, and even podcasts, Heather, where like I'm talking and my guest, like the person in your shoes, is sitting there and every time I say something, they go, uh-huh, 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 which is super annoying to the people listening to the show, right? Because they don't need to hear. Uh -huh, uh -huh. I mean, I so how do you... I mean, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yes, I do. It's called parroting. I don't do not parrot. Do not parrot back exactly what someone's saying to you. That's not it. when I what I was just saying before is that what, what the person was saying was so compelling to me, and I was like, let me just make sure I'm not making an assumption. Okay, so Christoph, I just quickly, or even I can get to the end of the sentence and just say quickly. But I think it's better to actually almost like stop them right there. But I, this is so powerful. I just want to make sure I understand this one thing. I am not like interrupting them to tell them my side. That's not the purpose of interruption. I am so compelled by whatever it is they said to me that I just want to get to the bottom of what that is. That's the reason why I asked them that question. So it's different when you do the back and forth tennis match and you're asking all these questions, but the parroting thing is not a good thing to do. Or interrupting. It's just crazy when people do that. I don't, I don't get it, especially when we're on video and you can just, you know, not your head instead of, um, you know, ruining the audio. Now, um, how much of active listening? So 
when I think about active listening, it's really you have people who are just not going to listen, right? Because like you're, it's your turn to listen to me, Heather, right? Like my turn to speak the end. And then I'm also sometimes as a communicator, I wonder how much is it the people who are actually presenting, right? So when you just said, well, let's just stick with the example we were just talking about. And part, part of that example is that that person is sharing a lot of things, right? So instead of being very focused on one thing, another thing, another thing, they have like, right? They go through the line. Um, so how much is it to actually have a better message and make it more engaging so people can't resist to active listening? Or is it really truly only on the other side of the person who is not paying attention? I see what you mean. So basically, what is the obligation on the of the presenter to make it engaging enough where people want to do the interaction? And I think yep. like if you're talking about formal presentations or as a keynote speaker, that is absolutely our jobs to do. But we're talking about like also act like interactions with a customer, interactions with a coworker, something. Where, and, and in that case, is there really an obligation for them to be engaging in that moment? No, they're not professional presenters. That's not the purpose of it. So I think we're talking about two different things. We're talking about like presentation skills, like keynote skills and break out session skills and then we're talking about like you and me you and i as humans how we interact with each other how we're leaning in to understand each other in that moment is totally different it's relational um it needs to be like focused and um we need to be really truly present right in that moment because you never know what they're trying to get to and i say this because this happens to be a strength of mine which is why i keep writing about these concepts of carrying leadership and active listening am i perfect at it Absolutely not. But the point of it is that I really, truly seek, seek, I'm seeking in a fertile way. I want, I want to know what it is they need from me, from my organization. I want to know deeply because I can't meet their needs if I don't seek in that fertile way. So that's, I don't know if that helps, but those are the differences. Yeah, it doesn't. The other thing I just thought about when you were mentioning that is, you know, when you were giving a keynote or, or, I mean, you know, anything, certainly you do have some obligation to, to, bring your message across. But I'm also thinking about, especially with leaders, and I think this has become clear to many, many leaders over the last few years. Leaders cannot be leaders if they don't have people who are actually on their team and who want to be on their team, right? So when Mark Babbitt was on the show, we talked about respect and results. So you have to have a certain level of result. Uh, well, you have to have results at some point, but you also have to have a certain level of respect for each other. And when you are actually creating the environment where you're listening to people correctly and, and, you know, thoroughly, you are creating that environment. Now, what are some ways to help people become active listeners? I mean, how like I mean, let's not just defend everybody who is not paying attention to other people, but maybe they really don't know. Maybe they're running from meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting and they don't have time to go to the bathroom, leave alone listening to people who are stopping them in the hallway. Well, going to that could be a whole nother tenuous situation. <laughs> when we think about it, it's like there's a, there's this idea of awareness. How aware are we? Um, like, what is our listening mindset? Are we going into our interactions or like we, we run into people in the hallway? That's harder because we can't be as intentional, particularly if you're running to the bathroom. Um, you can't be as intentional in the interaction. But if we commit to ourselves to say, I am committing to being present, even if it's just for this two minute time that this person is interacting with me, it's that commitment. It's that it's that mindset first that allows us to set the palette to kind of lay the foundation for 
for all the other tactical things we may do. So when we think of reflective listening and we think of um, making sure that we are le leaning in with, with empathetic listening and we think of all these things that are tactical and we want to make sure we're paraphrasing and all of these things, right? These are the tactical things, but we can't get there until we have this, this, this hyper awareness, this this really focused mindset on saying, I am going to give this person my undivided attention. I am going to be present with them in the moment. I am committing to it. Like I have to commit to it. And I say that because think about how busy we are in this world. So many buzzes and chart. Ch I mean, oh my gosh, I have four kids. I've got this cell phone over here. I have like my emails that pop up. I have a Slack channel. I have it. And it's like, really already like stop the insanity so for me and for everyone else it's that level that mindset shift first of saying i'm i'm going to give them a gift i'm committing to the gift of presence and i'm going to do what i have to do to clear the slate when it comes to those interactions in the hallway i would say you mentioned a word christoph respect and that would be if someone's stopping you they they wanted they wanted they're doing something they want they need something from you maybe it's just they want to get a high and a greeting Maybe they want to interact with you, but you need to go to the next thing. So you just let them know, I want to be present with you right now. I can't do that because I have to run to this next thing. But can I go ahead and send you a message and then we'll get back together and I can I have like 15 minutes later on. Can I do that then? Then you're asking for permission. You're showing them respect. You're giving them a why that you can't be present in the moment because you have the next thing to go to. And all of those things wrap up uh, to, to make people feel more respected and heard. I do want to say this, that the art of active listening was created for everyone at work, with or without a manager title. And I did that purposely because what I find is in the work I do, a lot of the times in the leadership space, people think leadership, they think I don't manage people. They think I don't have to do the things she's talking about. <clears throat> I didn't put leader, employee, customer, anything in the title or subtitle because I wanted to be inclusive. I wanted to say, you like this thing I'm talking about? It's up to you to go change it too. You don't need to look to anybody else, point a finger, blame a person, ask a manager. You get to choose to actively listen. So voila, that's where we're at today. It's not just leaders, but it certainly often comes back to leadership and the leaders listening actively. Now, the one thing, there's always ways um, to, first of all, we should be authentic. We should actually be lead, uh, listening actively, but there's always ways to make sure people understand that we are active listening, right? I'm thinking about online here. Now we have this whole new vertical of webcams, right? How to look into the camera. And my camera is kind of up from me, you know, and, and so I have to look up, right? So now I'm looking at you, I'm paying attention, you can see me, you know, but if I'm looking at you on the screen, it doesn't necessarily look like I'm active listening, even though I really truly am. So what are some ways to make sure? And then the other thing is some people listen differently, right? I mean, I just like to listen. I'm very, some people might say stoic, right? There's really no emotion or you can't see it or you can't tell what it is. So how do we make sure, what are the signals people can send authentically, of course, that they are actually actively listening and are paying attention and care. Somehow you ended up on mute, Heather. That would be because I probably did that, yeah. <laughs> um, one thing that I always find is this whole like, how do we continue to have a great culture of listening when we're on a webcam or when we're on the Zoom screen or we're on the team screen? And what I say is, yes, if I need to tell you a very important, important point, I'm going to be staring at that webcam so that you see my eyes or it's a very important point. But here's what I've noticed uh, in most cases, unless we are robotic, we're going like this. 
and we're just like moving our eyes up and down, up and down. And to me, that's super distracting. I rather you get me right here, knowing I'm, I'm staring at my screen. I'm hoping you're feeling me. You're going to feel me strong. If I look here and I want to really give a, a strong, strong point, I'm going to do that. But I think we, we have to be careful in this listening thing as it relates to being super robotic. So I would say that leaning in like this, tilting our head like this, shaking our heads like this, the occasional, oh, oh, facial expressions are big. So that whole, that kind of stoic thing you talked about, a signal to them is like an eyebrow, a startled look. So all of those things are even more important on video because they're, they're seeing you following along with what it is they're saying. Now that for, there's a five part framework. This part is only one part of the five steps. It's called seeking to understand. And so this is the seeking phase. This is where most people think listening starts, but listening actually starts earlier on. It's in the recognizing the said It's in it's in recognizing what people are not saying to understand that there might be a problem, a gap, an issue that we need to go solve for. So recognizing the said requires us to pause more, to kind of void ourselves of all the craziness that's happening in here and around us to say, what am I noticing in my environment? What am I noticing about this team member? How is how are their how is their energy changed in the moment or in the last month, whatever that is. So it's being more aware of what's happening around you without things that are being said. Then you go into the seeking phase once you recognize there's a gap to be filled. And then after that, there's the other phases of decoding, acting, and then the closing the loop. So I just wanted to be clear there. That's the that's the that's the whole framework. I mean it sounds simple in, in theory, right? But it certainly takes time and practice to kind of implement it. Um how much uh, do you get more questions nowadays about like this kind of interaction digitally, right? Look at my digital eyes, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> or, I mean, you know, I'm going to a conference next week. and But for the most part, I would say most of my, probably most of my communications nowadays are like this, right? On Zoom. Uh, I do have a few phone calls, not very many. But do you get more questions for um, the in-person or the digital nowadays? Yeah, it's a hybrid. It's absolutely about like, how are you engaging in the hybrid workplace? What do you do to to, to bring people in? And here's what I say. Um, the biggest difference is that we have to be more intentional. I'm not going to tell you like the, the tricks that I would do when you were in, in my office with me as I'm engaging with you, the, the tips, the angles, the things that I do to kind of make you know I'm listening are going to be the exact same things I'm going to do right here on this call. The only difference is I have to pay attention, like recognizing the unsaid is like the background there. It's also in between the emails. It's in the Slack messages. It's when you do your one-on-one -on -one calls um, or if you have a team meeting. It's it's paying attention. It's the hyper-awareness and the level of intentionality that we have to give it during the listening, pro the seeking process that is heightened in the hybrid world versus in person. But the things, the ways in which we do it, to be honest, are almost exactly the same. You know, when you talk about, I mean, I'm a big fan of virtual, honestly, especially when it comes to tough conversations, you know, I, I mean, I don't have very many of those nowadays, but you know, I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty big guy. And you know, when you have a tough conversation with like team members in the past and they're little bitty people, no, no judgment, right? Like that's being held against you all the time. And, and now we're all the same size, no matter if we're six, four or six, seven, 270 pounds, five, six, you know, whatever. It's we're all in the same level playing field um, from from that perspective, at least. Um, so let's say I am listening actively and I'm paying attention. What um, you, you sometimes hear 
people complaining, you know, somebody stole my idea, right? Like you set the idea, you shared that and they listened to you, but it didn't really quite recognize, they didn't recognize that one of their ideas came partially out of what you said and you don't get credit. So I thought of that is because you were talking about closing the loop or something like that. Um, so talk about that. How do you make sure that you close the loop and, and how do you handle a situation like that where, where a piece of information from one thing may have led to a bigger idea and then not every single person that mentioned anything related to it is getting credit? Yeah, I think that the first part, Christoph, is an, is an ethics issue. Um, how dare they? Like shame on them, to be honest, to take the credit of that and not give credit where credit is due to the team members. Um, I don't know. That just to me, there's a lack of couth. And I'm not sure there's any advice I give that person besides, you know, get with it and realize that that uh, you just lost so much loyalty and trust with that team member. Uh, they're probably going to be looking out the door and they'll be talking, telling so many people about what you just did to them for the rest of their lives. So bad move. That would be the, the very first thing I would say. Um, as we think about closing the loop, so as we, we move past seeking to understand, leaning in to understand someone's perspective, we move to what I call decoding, which is really the time for reflection based upon what we've heard. We take the time to reflect, to research, either by ourselves or the team, to make sure that that we're processing what it is we've heard so that we aren't just jumping to action that may not be prescriptive or not may not be the thing that the person wants or expects from us. And then we go, after we've done that, we do take the action that's more pointed. Sometimes the action is just them, us listening and leaning in to what they're saying and doing nothing else after that. And then closing the loop, that step is really about after we've taken action or before we're taking action, or if we can't take action, we go back to the people who provided us some insight, some feedback, some request, and we let them know what we plan on doing about it, what we have done about it, or what we can't do about it, and why. And that lets them know they're at that stage, they really feel like their voices have been heard. They really feel valued and understood because we've taken the time to come back to them and not just like let it hang. So a lot of people will say, well, I did a survey. I gave my feedback. I looked over there and like a month later, I think that thing I requested changed. Not sure if it was because of my voice. Don't know if it was because of me. Closing the loop ensures that the person who gave the feedback understands that you understood them, that they feel heard in the process and that they're valued for their contributions. You know, ethics aside, and certainly it is an ethics issue, but um, I'll just gonna give some people the benefit of the doubt a little bit. Maybe they just don't remember who said it, right? So part of active listening certainly is to, to pay attention so you don't just mishmash everybody's ideas and go, oh, it's now my idea because I, Heather, I don't remember who said that to me. So it's my idea. Um, and that's ethical or whether that's unethical or not, at the very least, it's, I don't even know what to call it, um, careless. You should pay attention yeah. and pay attention to the people that are talking to you. Yeah, we should be as leaders, as leaders of people. And I, I'm going to, I'm saying this because I kind of feel like this, this leadership word has really been built up to some big beast of a thing that most of us can never reach. And I want to bring it back to, to like real, the real world and to that, that all of us, whether we have a title or not, really should see our place in the world as having an obligation to, to, to be good humans to one another. And so I don't care about the title. These things that, that I'm sharing that I talk about, I feel like we should be obligated and we should want to be better in this area for other people first. And then it just spills over to what we need. We get what we need when we give to others first. So I think in that case of that, of that person taking credit or whatever, not 
remembering. It means they weren't taking the time to figure out what was needed from that other person. And, and, and we, as, as people, if we are managing people, we should be seeking out their strengths. We should be seeking out their gifts. We should be wanting to highlight their gifts. And if we feel ourselves going down a road where we're taking credit, we should double check ourselves. We should have a level of self-awareness that stops us from crossing that line. Be aware of yourself, be aware of the people you work with and, you know, treat them like humans. And at the end of the day, uh, you know, life is a team sport, whether it's uh, business storytelling or, or really anything in business. Right. You can't do it by yourself uh, unless you're unless you're a freelancer. But even then you can't do it by yourself because you get referrals, you get other people um, finding you and whatnot. Um, Heather, very interesting discussion as always. I really appreciate you coming back. Episode 588, almost in the books here. Uh, with Heather, our younger, check out her book, uh, The Art of Active Listening, available on Amazon. Currently, it says $22. I don't know if that's the Kindle or paperback or or whatever, um, but it uh, it is available there. In the last 50 seconds here, Heather, tell us, how else do people work with you? How do they reach out to you? Uh, that kind of thing. I am the CEO and founder of a company called Employee Fanatics, where we really help organizations create cultures of listening that engage their people uh, and their customers and the work to be done and getting the results they're looking for. And we do that with uh, listening sessions and employee resource group support and surveys and any way that we can help you get to the truth. So I would say that would be the biggest way. In order to get a hold of me, I would say the, the best way to kind of follow and get a hold would be on LinkedIn. You just go look up Heather Younger and you'll find me. Um, alternatively, you can go to employeefanatics.com and there's a whole like web form there if you really want to get a hold of me and figure out how we can help your organization and your leaders get better at this listening thing. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time.